Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Ultimate Combat Sports Podcast, Episode 3. Um, so, the unedited podcast, I'm going to do one next Wednesday for a big draft draft show. My final uh, mock first round mock draft will come out. Uh, second, I, I was going to do a second round with it, but those are just too hard to predict. I think first round's, you know, not easy to predict, but it's easier than the second and third and stuff like that. So, we're just going to go with the second round or the first round. Um, today though, we're going to get into PF, PFL tomorrow. Um, Anthony Pettis, Clay Collard, the main event, some good fights on there. I think it's just, so what they're doing, how PFL works is it's a season. Um, so they do points total, I believe. Here, let's, let's, let's look up real quick how they work. Um, it's a season though, and you get points per win. I think you get more points for a finish. something um so yeah they're tomorrow though pet it give me a good fight so i believe they're doing it also they're in a a bubble okay that didn't tell me how the points work PFL, how, what you need to know about PFL. So, again, the winner at the end gets a million. I know that. Um, let's see. So, okay, who fights? Why well, recognize any names? Chris Shields is fighting. Uh, I believe she fights May something, or maybe June. Okay, so if you win the fight, you get three points, obviously. If you lose, you get none. <clears throat> I believe a draw is worth one. Um, okay, so if you get a finish in the first round... Okay, hold on. So the winner of each bout is awarded three points with bonuses added for knockouts and submission. Three points for a finish in the first round, two for a second, and one in the third. So if you get a finish, you get bonus points. So, I mean, you get a, let's say Pettis beats Collard in round one, he gets six points. So, you know, those can be huge. Uh, obviously, zero for a loss. I do believe they had a, they've had draws and draws are one, just like, you know, just like soccer is. So I, I like what they do over there at PFL. They've got some good names now, too. So I'm really interested to see it. Um, undercard or prelim card type thing is on ESPN+. Plus. The main card is on uh, ESPN2, actually. So it'll be free for the main card. <clears throat> Pettis and Collard should be a good one. Collard hasn't hasn't fought in two years. He's on a two-fight MMA streak, but he hasn't fought since 2019. Um, he's been boxing for the past two years. He's a good fighter. Pettis should win. I'm in, Yeah, I guess we could... PFL 1 2021 odds. I want to think of odds out for this thing. 
Here we go. It's a day ago. Okay. So they got odds. I, I bet Pettis is a massive favorite. So Pettis is minus 590. Uh, Collard is plus 400. You know, I mean, Collard does have heavy hands too. So, I mean, he could. But it's tough to finish Pettis though, man. Very tough to finish. You know, it's he's lost a lot of fights by decision or getting tired, getting TKO. But I think this is only a three-round fight. So, and then you got, you know, you got a good card. Um, we'll get into the we'll get into the odds more when we break down this card. I'm gonna have my predictions break it down, and then we're gonna get into UFC 261 predictions. We'll get into those odds as well. Um, then we're gonna do some headlines, ton of stuff, ton of headlines in boxing and MMA. Um, very interested to see, you know, if Masvidal can can do anything different. Um, I don't think I might. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Usman's so good. Um, like I said, I think there's really only one guy right now. Right now, um, I I think Wonderboy could be a tough fight for him. Colby Covington is definitely his toughest fight. Let's just be real. All right, here we go. Sixteen hours ago. Got the odds now up for Usman, Masvidal, George Masvidal 2, okay? So they got, there's the undercard, I got the undercard odds, and there's the main card. Um, Okay, so we'll get into that also. We'll break down the odds for the fight before I get my predictions. Um, Again, to get into headlines, uh, talk Jake Paul, Ben Askren, um... You know, Whitaker wins. Uh, God, Bellator was good last Friday. They're off till May 7th, I believe. May 7th, which is uh, headlined by Sergio Pettis and Archuleta for the Bantamweight title. And then the co-main event is Yo Romero and um, Rumble Johnson. Uh, Nunes has a fight, so we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into what's next. We're going to go Kelvin Gastelum and Whitaker. Those are really the only ones that were big for what's next. Uh, Shamayev says he's back, so I'm going to give a what's next for him. Who could he fight? And then Yoana says she's back now. She's been discussing with the UFC. She's back. And then we'll get into what's next for Jake Paul. Um, you know, interesting to say the least. Triller, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, so we're going to get into PFL predictions first. So four big fights are, yeah, started off featherweight bout, uh, Brandon Lofnane. Uh He did fight one fight in the UFC, I believe, and lost. He's 2-0 in PFL. Obviously, the season got cut short last year. Um, he's on a five-fight win streak. He's fighting uh, Shaman Marais, who was 2-3 in the UFC, um, making his PFL debut. Hasn't fought since he was in the UFC. He uh, last two fights. He lost to Andre Feely and Sadiq Yusuf, so no punks, and I believe both, or no, he got finished by Feely, decision against Yusuf. Lofnane's pretty good. Um, hmm. I'm going Lofnane here. I don't really, you know, this is t- uh, you know these these ones can be a little tougher to predict, but I'm going to go Lofnane via decision. I think younger, fresher guy, you know, Marais, 
good fighter, but I think Lofnane is a little is a little bit better. So I'm going I'm going Lofnane via unanimous decision Friday night. Um, should be a good fight though. It's a really good card. You know, like I said, it's going to be all lightweights and featherweights. That's how they kind of do it in PFL. They kind of do like bunch together the weight classes. So you'll see welterweights and middleweights, and you'll see light heavyweights and heavyweights, which I like. And they obviously have the women's lightweight division, Kayla Harrison, she, uh, Clarissa Shield. So PFL is nice, and they put on a very good production. In my opinion, it's the second best production. Like how they put on the fights, and like how it is on TV, and how you're looking at it. I think it's the best. It's second best behind the UFC, of course. Uh, definitely, I think it's better than Bellator. Bellator is better than one for sure. Uh, obviously, oh yeah, John Lineker, big win last night. Uh, didn't get to that prediction. Wasn't it, you know he got a knockout win round one, I believe. So Lineker's still there, man. A um, lot of good fights for him potentially. He could fight the guy that beat. Uh, go to my my rankings. Fight wait, uh, Adriano Marais maybe be a good fight. Could see him fight Mighty Mouse at some point. He's a scary guy. He's got he's got power. Um, but yeah, good one for him. So next up for PFL, like I said, this PFL 2021 one, PFL one, 2021 regular season. So it's a full season. I don't know how many fights they do, but then I think they go to a semifinals and the the top four, I think, advance, I think is how it is. I'd have to look it up more, but I think that's how it is. And a lightweight bout, you got Marcin Held, who went one and three in the UFC. He's a good fighter, though. He's won four straight, making his PFL debut. He's fighting Nathan Schulte, who is 23 and one. He's the reigning PFL champ, PFL lightweight champion. Um, he's 9-0-1 in his last 10. So, I mean, he's on a tear. Um, I think Schulte's going to get this one. I can't wait to see Schulte and Pettis if that fight. Beca- hopefully we see that fight. That'd be a great one. I'm going Schulte via TKO round two. Um, Schulte's a guy that can fight in the UFC for sure. No doubt in my mind he could. Um, and maybe after this season, you know, if he could win it again or get to the title... Uh, get to the the championship fight. I think you could see him in the UFC for sure. He's a great fighter. Um, but yeah, I'm going Schulte via TKO round two. In the co-main event, it's a featherweight bout. Bubba Jenkins, who's 14 and four, PFL debut. Also, uh, this is a featherweight bout. Like I said, uh, he's on a three fight win streak. Um, he's taking on my number 13th ranked flyweight in the world, Lance Palmer, who's 20 and three. He's the reigning. PFL featherweight champion on an 11-fight win streak, a guy I think could get in the UFC as well. Um, I think he definitely wins this fight. Bubba's going to be tough to finish, though. I'm going to go Palmer via decision, um, but I do think Palmer gets it done. He gets the three points. Um, again, I think Palmer's a guy that could fight in the UFC. 11-fight win streak, reigning champion of this organization. I really like him a lot. So now... Pettis versus Collard, lightweight bout. In the main event, I believe it's only three rounds. I think they only do three rounds. I want to say in the tournament they do five rounds, but I'm not sure on that as well. Uh, Clay Collard, like I said, 18-8. He's been boxing the past two years. I think he's 9-4 in boxing. He's not. He's, he's got good hands. Uh, he's on a two-fight uh, MMA win streak, but hasn't fought in MMA since 2019. Fought PFL. Um, he's fighting Anthony Pettis, former UFC lightweight champion. Has a win over Wonderboy Thompson at welterweight, uh, making his PFL debut. He's obviously the he's obviously their guy. You know he's their probably their biggest name. I know you got Roy McDonald and Werdum, but I feel like Pettis, former Wheaties box. I think he's their biggest name for sure. Um, I'm going Pettis via round one submission. I think uh, Pettis is definitely going to look to get this to the ground. You're going to see him box box, try to get to the clinch, get the takedown. I think he gets his submission in round one. I think he makes easy work. Um, 
I think Pettis or Schulte is going to win this tournament. I think that'll be the fight at the very end. You're going to see Pettis versus Schulte. You know, they may fight once in the regular season also, and then you might, you'll probably see them in the tournament championship as well. But yeah, I'm going Pettis via round one submission. I think his ground game in jiu-jitsu is just going to be too good for Collard, and I think he's going to be too fast. So, yeah, I think Pettis gets it done. Um, so it didn't release – I didn't see the odds for – did it show the odds for – okay. So Lance Palmer's a minus 500 favorite. Bubba Jenkins, plus 350. Schulte's a minus 435 favorite. And a and Marcin Held's a plus 300 dog. I don't think he did the other fight, though, did not? Okay, so here's Pettis' last four fights. Uh, Nate Diaz. Was Okay, so his last fight was Alex Moreno, won by decision. Donald Cerrone, won by decision. Thought he lost that fight. Diego Ferreira, lost by submission. And Nate Diaz, lost by decision. Collard, uh, Randall Wallace, won by decision. Again, this a while ago for Collard. Won by KO against Lucas Montoya. Lost by submission to Derek Minner. And won by submission against Carson Hardman. So, again, didn't give the odds for, uh, I don't know why. But did not give the odds for Laughlin and Marais. Didn't see that, but that's okay. But yeah, I think Pettis gets it done. I think he's too high level. I think Schulte might be the only guy. You know, there's gonna be there's some other tough guys, but I think Schulte's his toughest competition for sure. All right, let's get into Usman Masvidal. Two predictions. First things up. Let's go to the odds. So for the first fight in the main, I'm only doing the main card predictions right now. Uh, so on the main card, Jim Crude is a minus 200 favorite to an Anthony Smith plus 170. I think Crude's going to win as well, but not a bad dog to bet on is Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, mental-wise, reminds me of Don Cerrone. Sometimes he shows up and he's a killer. Sometimes he shows up and it's like he doesn't. He looks like he doesn't want to fight. So really, to me, it's tough to bet on because you don't know what Anthony Smith you're going to get. But... Anthony Smith is realizing with this one, this is a gatekeeper fight. They're not looking at... It's me throwing... Because Anthony Smith, I believe, is ranked 6 or 7. So right now, the UFC is not looking at Anthony Smith as a contender for the title. They're saying, listen, you're gatekeeping. You're going to fight Jim Croup, who's our up-and-comer, uh, uh, light heavyweight. You know, we're going to see if you can gatekeep or if Jimmy Croup's for real. Because if Jimmy Croup does beat Anthony Smith, he does prove he is for real. Um, I think Crew he's going to use his wrestling for sure. I think Crew get. I'm, you know, we'll get into prediction in a minute. But Anthony Smith's not a bad dog to bet on, though. But it's it's tough though with him because you don't know. So Weidman Hall, Weidman is a minus one twenty five favorite. Hall plus one hundred five dog. This is basically a pick him. Um. Fair odds, in my opinion, because again, Uriah Hall, you don't know what Uriah Hall is going to show up. If he shows up like he did against Anderson, looking to be a killer, then I think he's going to win. I think he's going to knock Weidman out, but we'll see. Uh, Shevchenko Andrade, Shevchenko minus 420. She's the biggest favorite on the card. Andrade plus 335. This, in my opinion, is her toughest test, though, at 125. She fought Ioana. The reason I'll say this is her scariest test because Andrade has power. You know, Ioana's not going out there knocking chicks out. 
So I think this is her scariest, not her toughest test, because Yoan is definitely a better fighter than Andrade. But Andrade is a scarier test because of the power. Uh, Zane Wei Li, minus 210. Rose Namajunas, plus 175. That is a dog I like. I'm not going to lie, though. You know, if you want to, if you're a big dog. And then, okay, and then Usman is minus 410. Oh, my, 410? And is plus 330. I know they're going off the last fight, but that was also Mazadol on six days' notice. I don't think it should be that widespread. I would have said minus 280 to, like, plus 210 range, 200. So if you like a little parlay here, if you like to bet the dogs, which I do, Mazadol, Rose, and Uriah Hall is not a bad parlay for the dogs. And if you don't like, if you definitely don't like George, then you could go Rose Hall and Anthony Smith as a three dog parlay. That is not bad because I do think Rose it has the best chance as a contender for the three title fights to win the fight. Uriah Hall could knock out Weidman, and we could see that maybe Jimmy Cruz is not ready yet for the big times. Um. So yeah. Uh, Smith Hall Rose is a great dog parlay. If you want, to, if you don't, you know, in my opinion, if you like Masvidal, though, you could do a four. But I like to stick with threes. Masvidal Rose Hall or Masvidal Rose Smith or Masvidal Hall Smith. But I think your your best bet here, if you like to bet the dogs, would be Rose Hall and Smith as a three dog parlay. I don't think Andrade has a chance. So now we'll get into predictions. Light heavyweight about to kick it off. Number my number eleventh ranked light heavyweight Anthony Smith. And again, my my rankings are all organizations, and so I don't have like a champion. I just put like like here. I'll go to my current MMA light heavyweight rankings. I have Jan Blachowicz as number one. I have Nimkov two. So I don't like put the champions out of the rankings. I keep them in the rankings. So as of right now, I don't have Jimmy Crute ranked. Um, because like six, seven, eight, you got Bader, Anderson, Davis from Bellator. So I got four Bellator guys in there. Um, so yeah, that's how I do my rankings. I don't put like champions out of the rankings. I put them in the rankings. Um, but I'm going, I'm going Kroop via decision. And I think he's hungry. He wants to prove he is legit. We don't know what Anthony Smith will show up. So I do like Jim Kroop via unanimous decision here. Um, but again, Anthony Smith could come out like the killer he can be and get it done. But I'm going Kroot via decision. So the next fight on the main card, middleweight bout, is a great card, though. I'm not a fan of the three title fights a card because I think it's just like, it's so much, it can be so long. Because let's be real, all, all three of the title fights could go to the scorecards. I'm thinking Savchenko has the best chance at getting a finish for sure. But I like, see, I would love with the UFC, you either do two title fights as the main co-main, or you do what you're doing at UFC 262. You have one one title fight, and then the, the co-main event is five rounds. Back to Hall, Weidman. I, I was so torn on this one, man. I was so torn. Because I like, I like both guys. You know, Weidman said he'd like to win this fight. 
jump in and fight a Vittori, a Brunson, a Till, win that fight and get a title fight, defend it once and retire. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because those middleweights at the top, you know, there's some wrestlers that have great wrestling. You know, if you look at Vittori, Brunson, and Till, tough to take down. Good takedown defense. Whitaker. Uh, Israel's tough to take down. Yeah, I know he got taken down by Yon, but Yon also had 30 pounds on him. At middleweight, he's way tougher to take down. I don't know about Costa. Kanir's strong. Kanir in the first, second round, going to be tough to take him down. Jack Manson couldn't do it. I'm going Uriah Hall via KO round one. I'm going to, and this was just tough for me because uh, my cousin, he big Weidman guy. It's probably his favorite. I think he's his favorite fighter. I'm not really going to be rooting for either guy because I do like both guys, so it's a tough one. I'm going to say Uriah Hall is ready to turn that corner mentally and say I'm just going to be a killer every time because I want to get a title shot. And he has the goddamn tools to get a title shot. Um, I'm going to go Hall via KO round one. I think he catches Weidman, and I think he drops him and finishes him. Bad. Um, I could also see Weidman grinding out a decision with his wrestling. But I'm, my gut feeling is that Uriah Hall wins via KO round one. So now we get into the third fight into the main card. Women's flyweight title bout. The champion and my number one ranked flyweight, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, taking on my number three ranked flyweight, Jessica Andrade. People are like, three? Yeah, I have Juliana Vasquez from Bellator, the Bellator champion, ranked two in my flyweight rankings. Um, again, scary fight for Shevchenko. I've ne- we've never really seen Shevchenko hurt anyways, but Andrade does have power, and she has fought Nunes, so I'm not saying like she's going to get dropped or anything, but Andrade does have power. I'm going to go Shevchenko via round two TKO, though. I think first round, you're going to see a little filling out. Andrade's not going to be too, like... She's not gonna go. She's not gonna go after it too much, but I think she's gonna realize that Shevchenko's picking her apart, uh, using her distance. And I think the second round, you're gonna see her get a little more careless, and Shevchenko finds a way to drop her with a left or a high kick, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think this is the this is the main event. This is one of the three title fights. I think definitely, you, if you had to bet on which one's a finish, it would be this one. But yeah, I'm going Shevchenko. So, the co-main event, women's strawweight title bout, champion, my number one ranked women's strawweight, Weili Zane, or Zane Weili, um, 21-1 against my number two women's strawweight, Rose Namajunas. Again, I thought Joanna should be should have been the champion. I thought she beat Weili Zane, or Zane Weili. Um, I'm going Rose. I think what's going to happen here is, uh, you know, Wei Li did get kind of tired. So did Joanna, but I mean, you're going to get tired in that type of war. I'm going to say Rose finds a way to get this to the ground. And I think Rose gets a round three submission victory. I'm going to go Rose via submission round three. And that may be picking with my heart more than, more than, more than, lo- more logical with my brain. I'm going to go Rose. <laughs> It's tough, though. I think Rose gets it done. I think Rose becomes the new and two-time women's strawweight champion. And you could get Joanna Rose 3 or you get a rematch. So now, the main event, welterweight title bout. 
rematch. The champion, my number one ranked welterweight, Kamaru Usman, versus my number six ranked welterweight. People are like, well, what are your welterweight rankings? Okay, let's get into that. So I have, obviously, Usman at one. I have Covington at two. I have Douglas Lima at three. Leon Edwards at four. Gilbert Burns at five. Masvidal at six. We can just go down. Uh, Wonderboy at seven. Kiesa at eight. Uh, Vicente Luca nine. Bilal Muhammad, 10. Roy McDonald, who's in PFL now, 11. Neil Magny, 12. Jeff Neal, 13. Hosmet Shemaev, 14. And Sean Brady, 15. Yes, I do not have Damian Mayan. There's the only reason I took him out. We know he's retiring in his next fight against Muhammad. So I just chose to put somebody else in the rankings because he's going to be out of the rankings anyway after this fight. Um, but those are my welterweight rankings right now. Again, I just don't see... Even if Masvidal, if Masvidal is going to have to fight the perfect fight to win, but even if he fights the perfect fight, I don't know if his style matches up well with Usman. I see Usman doing a lot of the same, getting in the clinch, trying to use his wrestling. I don't see him trying to stand and trade with Masvidal like people are saying. Like, and even he said, "Oh, I'm going to finish him this time." Well, people need to be careful of what that means. I don't think that means I'm going to stand and trade with George Masvidal. I don't think that's what it means. I think you're going to see him, when he gets him down, try to do a lot more damage down, try to get a submission win or a TKO finish on top. I don't think that means he's going to trade with him. If he comes out there and trades with him, well, here we go. We saw him. We saw Usman get rocked versus Burns. Masvidal is probably the best pure boxer, not striker, because that's Wonderboy. Pure boxer at welterweight is probably Masvidal. If he stands and trades with Masvidal, anything can happen there in a gunfight with Jorge. With old George. But I don't think Usman's going to do that. So I'm going Usman via decision. I don't even think he finished him. I don't think he can finish him. Only way he finished him, in my honest opinion... <coughs> hold on. My bad. Okay. Only way he finishes him is if he submits him and chokes him to sleep. George won't tap, I don't think. That's the only way if he catches him in a submission. I don't think he finished him with punches. I'd be shocked anyway. If you're trying to bet on a knockout, I would bet on Jorge getting a knockout. If you're trying to bet a submission, definitely Usman. But I think the safe bet is Usman via decision, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a great fight. So again, you got PFL Friday, undercard on ESPN+. Plus. I believe starting at 4.30. Main card at 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Then you got UFC uh, 261, Usman-Mazvidal 2 on Saturday. Main event, main card obviously starts at 9. Prelims probably start at 5.30. Or six. So, great card. That main card stacks. Good undercard, too. Didn't get into that much, but great undercard as well. Check it out. The ESPN Plus prelims. Going to be good. So, let's get into some headlines. Um, some of these will go quick on. Some of these will go a little more in depth. Okay, so Jake Paul, TKO's Ben Askren, round one. I know they don't use TKO, really, in boxing. It's either knockout or decision, but it is a TKO. It didn't knock him out. So I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. Again, I went so back and forth. I, I said I leaned Jake Paul. I should have known. I should have just stuck. Because at first when this fight came out, I said, oh my God, Jake Paul is going to kill Ben Askren. And then I went towards, I was like, damn though, Ben Askren, you know, high profile athlete, high profile fighter, high profile competitor. I think he can find a way to get this done. I think he can use the clinch, try to wear Jake out, finish him in the later rounds. Then I went, okay, no. His boxing's so bad and he's so slow. Jake will get it done before the end of three. That was my final prediction. 
Jake Paul before the end of three. But I was still on the fence. I was like, man, maybe Askren can get him. Like I wasn't willing to. I didn't want to bet. I didn't. I wasn't willing to bet on the fight. The odds were too close because Askren was slower than I thought. And again, that's to be expected. The guy rolled off the couch after hip surgery and trained for this fight for eleven weeks. He's not going to be that fast. He's not. He's going to be slower than he was before. And again, I don't know if this tells us anything about Jake Paul. I would say we don't know if Jake Paul's really. We don't. I don't know if Jake Paul's really good, but we know he's not bad. We know Jake Paul's not bad. He's got power. He's got speed. He can move. That timing. He's got timing and movement. He can actually box people. Now, was the fight rigged? Stop it. Stop it. Ben Askren, if they told him, hey, we want you to take a dive, he would have came out on social media and said, hey, they're asking me to take a dive against Jake Paul. And do you realize if this would come out after the fight that it was true, that Askren took a dive, how much money Triller would be on the, on the you know, they'd be getting sued out the yin-yang because of the betting. You can't do that. That's not how it works. It doesn't work. Jake Paul was just better than Ben Askren, obviously. It was not rigged. So it did 1.5 million buys at $50. Obviously, it generates 75 million. Um, so Askren made 500 flat. He didn't get pay-per-view points, I guess, but he does get. There is. They are giving. Bo- they do give a little bonus there. I think he's making around 1 million. I think Ben Askren makes around 1 million for this fight. Jake Paul, on the other hand, does get pay-per-view points because he brings in the pay-per-view buys. He probably made 15, 20 million dollars for this fight. Is what I'm guessing. I bet he did. I bet he made $15, $20 million. If not more. He's the one bringing in the pay-per-view buys. Let's be real. He's bringing in all of his social media people. They're buying it. I would love to know if they could get a number of who bought it and where they came from and how many of those buys were Jake Paul, were TikTok people, Triller people, and Jake, Jake Paul followers. I bet it was a million of them. I guarantee it. Because I'll tell you this. No one wants to watch that shitty Triller production if you don't care about Jake Paul, let's be honest. And then you had probably you definitely had some diehard MMA fans that bought it, hoping Ben Askren could win. I'm there to see what Jake Paul can be, and I'm also there. I want to see Ben Askren. You know, I like Ben Askren. Okay, so Paul says Connor fight becoming more of reality now. Well, I don't. He didn't really give a reason why. I would I would like to know the logic behind that because again, I think the only way you're going to get a Connor fight. Maybe you beat Dylan Dennis and you knock Dylan Dennis out, or if you beat a legit MMA striker, maybe. And then Connor's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go and save the day, and knock this kid out." I don't think this does anything. I think he's still. I said after this. I said after the second fight, he was probably four, five fights away from Connor. I still think he's four, five fights away from Connor. This doesn't do anything because it obviously showed Ben Askren was just not a good, he's not a good boxer, obviously, not even close. And he was slower than he was before. So, and you, you got him after hip surgery, hip replacement surgery. So, it's still four or five fights away from Connor, in my opinion. And we'll get into what's next for Jake Paul here in a bit. Uh, Steve Cunningham beat Frank Mir via decision on the trail card. I thought Frank actually looked decent. I thought he fared, I thought he did well for what he could do. Again, he was fighting a legit boxer. Jake Cunningham, former champion. Fought Tyson Fury. Dropped Tyson Fury. Did lose, but he dropped him. 
I thought Frank did well for himself. Made good money. 300000 350000 I thought Frank did good for himself. Woodley is the front runner for De La Hoya's comeback fight. So obviously Woodley was going to be there no matter what. I thought when I saw Woodley was there, though, I was like, maybe they're going to announce that he's fighting De La Hoya. Um, who knows, though? It hasn't announced, but I heard he's the front runner. I heard Woodley is the front runner for that fight. But maybe he's trying to get Jake Paul now. I don't think he gets that fight. I don't think Jake Paul does that. I think Jake Paul could beat Woodley, but I think he should also be very scared of Woodley's power. Tommy Fury wins Jake Paul. I mean, good God. The whole boxing headline down to... So we're getting to, We have four headlines left. The last three are not Paul, but one, two, three, four, five, six of them were Jake Paul. And one of them now, actually, I just remembered, is Logan Paul. So Tommy Fury wins Jake Paul. I don't think that's a terrible fight. Tommy Fury's opponents are seven and like 205 in his four-fight career. That's a step up for sure for Jake Paul. He, wants, he said he wants to take a step up now. I don't know if that means he wants to fight a striker in MMA or if he wants to fight a boxing prospect like Fury. But that's in that's in the cards. And now announced Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, June 5th on Showtime. What? Showtime's like, damn, we saw those chiller numbers. Get Logan and Floyd in there. I don't think it does. I don't know if it does as good. Maybe it does. It's on the same night. As Tiafimo defending his title on Triller as well. So Showtime and Triller are going to go head to head. I bet Triller's like, damn, we should have done a big fight on June 5th. Because I don't think, uh, yeah, De La Hoya's comeback is July 3rd. I think Showtime does better pay per views than Triller. Because again, yes, Tiafimo is a really good fighter. Triller is only going to do big money pay per view when Jake Paul's on the card. You know? I bet I bet Showtime smashes them pay per view buys that night. It'd be very interesting, but I bet they do. Demetrius Andrade wants Triple G or Jamal Charlo. Sign me up for either one of those fights. That is a great fight, either way. Would love that. Javante Tank Davis takes on Mario Barrios. That will headline a Showtime pay per view on June 26. Tank Davis is back. Remember when I said I said earlier this year on the podcast. How we get all these matchups, Tiafimo, Tank, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, they're all fighting somebody else now. It's like, good God, boxing. Come on. The thing is, though, the one who, in my opinion, I don't care if Tiafimo has all the belts. The one who holds all the cards, in my opinion, is Ryan Garcia. I think he's the pay-per-view guy in that, in that weight class. He's the pay-per-view guy. He's the one that's going to sell the pay-per-views. So even though he has the interim WC title, I think he holds all the cards because I think he's the money fight. In my opinion, if you want the big money fights, it's Garcia. He is the following. So we'll see. And Ganu's striking coach says he can beat Tyson Fury in a boxing match. Okay, well, he has a puncher's chance, just like Wilder did. So we'll just go past that one quickly. Good night. Come on. All right, MMA. Whitaker beats Gaslam via decision. Relatively easy fight for Whitaker, in my opinion. He looked very, very good. Um, sounds like Izzy could be next. Rematch. Um, Corey Anderson advances to face Bader. In the semifinals, after beating Yagash Mirdov. Okay, so I may have messed up here. So my quarter, I got all four quarterfinals predictions right. I'm going different now. So I can change. It's a legal change. The fight hasn't happened. I'm going 
Mm. Yeah. I'm going Corey Anderson. Beats Bader. Okay. And he will fight. I have So Nimkov beat Phil Davis. Nimkov will now face the winner of Rumble UL, which goes down May 7th. I have Rumble beating UL. I have Rumble beating Nimkov. I'm going Rumble over Corey Anderson. We've seen Corey Anderson spark knocked out. I'm going Rumble over Corey Anderson now to win it. I have Bader over Anderson. I think Anderson's looks so good. I think Anderson will get it done against Bader. So there's the Bellator semis are set, almost set up. Nimkov will fa- again face the winner of Rumble UL, which goes down May 7th. Corey Anderson will face Ryan Bader in the semis after beating Yagash Mirdov via th- round three TKO. Amanda Nunes will take on Juliana Pena at UFC 265 on August 7th. Again, I think this is just a fight like, hey, let's get Nunes a different opponent, you know? And here you go. Juliana Pena coming off a win. She talked a lot of shit. And uh, Nunes should probably be here. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Travis Browning except, uh, expecting their first child in September. Congrats to them. Um, so Ronda probably won't be back in the WWE till early next, early to mid next year, probably March, April, I would guess, May maybe. So she's going to be taking some time off for sure. Um, Nick Diaz close to returning. Guys, you see Nick, he is in some serious shape. Nick Diaz, Jake Paul. (laughs) That's a joke. Kind of, because I could see it happening. They'll pay Nick a lot of money. You pay Ben Askren five hundred thousand. You're paying Nick at least a million. In my honest opinion, like right, you'd have to pay Nick a million. But uh, it'd be interesting. Is Nick come? He looks big. So is he coming back a middleweight possibly? A first fight back against Darren Till for Nick Diaz. Come on. He wants to come back at welterweight. Colby Covington. What are we doing? Jorge Masvidal. Interesting what Nick does. Uh, Hazmat Shemaev back soon as well. We'll get into what I think is next for him. I think he's targeting July-August for a return. So, we'll see. So, we'd have to see him. Again, I have a few options for him that I think would be good. Uh, Ioana says she and the UFC are back on track. She wants the winner of Whaley and, and uh, Rose. Um, she could get it, depending on who wins. Because if, let's say, Rose... Won a very close decision. You can see a rematch there, right? Um, so maybe Yuano has to fight a fight. Maybe Yuano will have to fight one fight. Again, I have what's next for her as well. Uh, Poirier McGregor 3 sells out in seconds. Not shocked. Massive pay-per-view. McGregor says he has a new chip on his shoulder. He said, you know, coming into the Poirier fight, I think most MMA fighters thought... Connor was probably going to win. That the Poirier style just matches up well for Connor, which it does. But Connor fought like an idiot. Um, this time around, I think people are saying Poirier that Connor's lost it, and Poirier is going to win this fight. Um, so that I, I think Poirier, what he did on Twitter, calling Connor out like that, and then ev- all the people doubting Connor now, I think that puts shit back on his shoulder. Um, Go, and that's what he has to do for each of these fights. Because like, like, like Chell, Chell said it best, Connor can never be back to what he was when he was up and coming, gunning for the featherweight title and gunning for the two belts. He can never do that again. He's never going to have that mindset again because you go home, you're in a f- massive mansion, 
hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank account, two kids, about to have a third, engaged. You have to find reasons now. Connor has to find reasons to get him up, and he's found one, and that's good, because I don't think he had one last fight. You could tell he didn't have one. All nice and fucking shaking hands, holding the fucking salsa or whatever it is, the hot sauce. He found he found a chip on his shoulder, which is good. He needs it. So Connor and Nate still going out on Twitter. So this is funny. I got it right here. Um, here we go. So the first tweet was. You saw to test me right before this blood and urine. That's twice this week. I don't blame them. I'm an animal. What irks me, though, is there is never an announcement of athletes caught anymore. This means, one, they can keep, keep it quiet. Two, tainted supplement bullshit excuses are accepted. So that's what he tweeted first. Then he tweets, at Jeff Nowitzki, who is the USADA guy. Uh, how come the public isn't told about positive tests anymore? How, after the Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz steroid debacle where he produced his own uh, nutrition companies. Well, goddamn. Okay, tainted multivitamin was instantly cleared prior to a mega money fight. Are we now in the dark on test results? Jeff answered, hey, Connor, I answered every question thrown my way at this presser in 2019. Well, two years ago. Here's the link if you miss it. If you have my... You have my number and know I'm always available to discuss discuss one-on-one. Respect. McGregor then says, everybody's on steroids. Or so it's a quote by Nate Diaz, which he did say this, everybody's on steroids. Nate's, and then Connor says, steroid user Nate Diaz. Diaz says, McGregor fast system. This is what steroids do to you. Connor laying on his back after the first Diaz fight. Then uh, McGregor says, silly goose, that was pre-McGregor fast. McGregor Fast was created and good God. It may junkie. Come on. Silly Goose, that was pre-McGregor Fast. McGregor Fast was created in the aftermath of that fight. Here's the image of the direct results. Me following Me following the McGregor Fast program. The thing keeps like glitching out. You fit your face left like a bowl of leftover salsa. Now download the app, you little juice head turkey. That's what Connor said to Nate. Nate says, so I brought McGregor fast to life for you, and you didn't... Dude, this MMA junkie's like glitching out on me. I can't get... So I brought McGregor fast to life for you, and you didn't use it. Oh my god, dude, this thing's really pissing me off. You didn't use it against Mayweather, Khabib, or DP. You're supposed to learn and grow in this game, Grasshopper, and not keep fucking up the same way like a rookie. McGregor says, Diaz slow has a nice ring to it. Go get him, champ. <laughs> After Nate said he's drawing up a plan for a Diaz conditioning system. <laughs> so they're still going at it. It'll never get be over between them. Um, Ultimate Fighter back June 1st. Obviously, Volk and Ortega will coach, though. Uh, Usman says Diaz will turn down the fight if he beats Edwards. I kind of agree. No doubt UFC wants Masvidal Diaz. Two next. Yeah, in a dream scenario, UFC either wants Usman and Edwards to win or Usman and Edwards to both lose because they want that BMF rematch back. They would love to run that fight back. Did so, it did well, so let's do it again, right? What's next? Last segment here today. Kelvin Gassum, obviously, 
tough fight for him against Whitaker. Whitaker's a tough matchup for about anybody besides Izzy. Um, one, I would say, fight at 170 and get strict on your diet and, get, and fight at 170 would be my, what I would say first. But if you're going to go middleweight still, I would say one, Kevin Holland, good fight for you. It's a good matchup for Gaslam. Two, Weidman Hall loser. Another good fight. For Whitaker, one, definitely Adesanya. But let's say Adesanya doesn't go that route and he goes with somebody else. Paul Acosta, because it didn't happen this time, because who knows what's going on with Acosta. He's got to be testing positive. All right, so Shemaev obviously wants to come back in July, August. Well, there's a fight coming up between Neil Magny and Jeff Neal. Fight the winner of that. That's a good fight. Two, I... <coughs> <coughs> Mm, excuse me there. My bad. <coughs> I don't think the second one happens, but Vicente Luque. I think that's a really good fight. Um, Luque's tough. He can take punches. That's a really good fight. I think Magni Jeff Neal is winner is a great one, though. Uh, Yolana. One, I would obviously say uh, Whaley Rose winner if she can get that. More likely, I'd say the second option. Uh, I want to say it's Jan Iannin, who is my number four ranked or fifth ranked. What do I have her ranked? Woman strawweight. She's my fourth ranked strawweight. She's taking on Carla Esparza on May 22nd. She can fight the winner of that. That would be a good fight for her to come back to the winner of that fight and then fight for the title if you can win that. So then we get into Jake Paul. What's next for Jake Paul? Again, I don't think it's Jake Paul all the way picking his opponents. Because Triller is like, dude, we got a cash cow right now with Jake Paul. Why don't we keep giving him favorable matchups? Make him more, a little more interesting as you go, but give him favorable matchups. So the number one option next would be Dylan Dennis. There's heat there. They've had a back and forth for a couple years now. That would be the fight to make next for Jake Paul. Would be Dylan Dennis. Um, it's like I said, it's got heat to it. Um. They've, like I said, back and forth for a while. He's Connor's uh, training partner. If you want to get the Connor angle, that's a fight you should do. Number two, I just looked at, okay, so who are some non-fighters that are questioning this? So number two, I went with Brandon Marshall. Yes. Fox Sports uh, talk show in the morning. What is it called? He does it with Nick Wright. I forget what it's called. Early. He's, he's gunning for it. So, okay, Brandon Marshall will be the second option. He can make the 190. Um, he's talking mad shit. Maybe that's one. I think they're just going to pick. They're not going to put Jake in harm's way yet until they get the big, big money fight with like a Nate Diaz, a Floyd Mayweather, a Conor McGregor. They're going to keep doing these. Again, you got to make them more interesting each time, but you don't have to throw him in there against a legit boxer like Tommy Fury yet. I wouldn't. I would go with the plan that you're doing now. So that's what I would do next for Jake Paul. Dylan Dennis or Brandon Marshall? I think Dylan Dennis is 100% the fight to make, though. For sure. But again, like I said, PFL. PFL won. Start of the regular season. Friday. Tomorrow. Uh, ESPN Plus at five at 4.30 are the prelims. Main card at 8 on ESPN 2. Usman Masvidal 2. Saturday, 9 o'clock. Kansas time. Um... And the prelims probably start at 5.30 or 6, I'm sure. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, next week will be the unedited podcast. I will do a – I think I'll probably do an Ultimate Combat Sports either Sunday or Monday. And then Wednesday, 
I'm going to do a uh, unedited podcast because I want to do a huge draft show. Talk. It'll mainly be the NFL and the NFL draft. Talk about that. Talk about, you know, a little more about the European Super League. Basically done for now, at least, I guess they're saying. Um, but, yeah, so draft is next Thursday. We'll do one Wednesday. We'll do a, a MMA or a combat sports one on Sunday or Monday to discuss what happened at UFC 261 and PFL. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Peace.